Hello, awesome humans. It's Nina Kovner with Passion Squared. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, October 9th, 2019 is officially my 53rd birthday, level 53. And I thought, what an awesome day to share some lessons, some highs, some lows, and some truths around my last uh, 12 months. I do want to provide a trigger warning, though. I will be talking about mental health. I will be talking about depression, uh, suicide, eating disorders, and, and the like. So I will give this information before we get started. If you know anyone who's suffering or if you yourself are suffering, please hang on. Please reach out. Please know it does get better. The Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-TALK. Crisis text line, text HOME to 741-741. The Trevor Project, you can text START to 678678. The Trevor Lifeline, 866-488-7386. The Trans Lifeline in the United States, 877 877- Five six five eight eight six zero in Canada. The Trans Lifeline eight seven seven three three zero six three six six. There is the Talkspace app, which is therapy via app, as well as the Passion Square community and communities all around you that have access to mental wellness and healthcare. So, with that, let's get started. I never, ever thought I'd make it this far. I'm going to give you some context. I'm sure many of you listening can relate to that. Um, It's really a miracle. I believe that each day we wake up is a miracle. Each breath we take is truly a gift. And um, it's been 12 and a half years since I entered treatment for depression and 10 years since I left my big executive career of 20 five years. It's also been 16 months since I left Los Angeles, the place I called home for 51 years, 51 and a half years, um, and embarked on this crazy adventure of a lifetime in Oregon, which was a dream in the making of seven years. Um, The best way to organize my thoughts for this is really, I'm just going to go through seasons. You know, seasons are a new concept to me because growing up in Los Angeles, we just always had like summer or we just always had like sun. So um, I think that for for this to try to make this super random um, stream of consciousness make some sort of sense, I'm going to go through seasons. Okay, so... Going back about 16 months in June of 2018, I got in my car and drove to Oregon. In 2011, I I visited Oregon and the Oregon coast in particular and decided that that was going to be um, a place I called home at some point in my life. But never did I imagine how that was going to look what it was, where I would be. I I just really, 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 really wanted to um, be in a place that I feel is so incredibly magical. And 
<laughs> still to this day, uh, over a year later, every time I see like a river or a lake or or the coast or a rainbow or an animal, a squirrel or a bird, I, I just cry. Like it, it brings out, brings up and brings out such incredible emotion in me. And, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm highly emotional as it is. And, and, and so a, a big part of this move, which I learned way later, was about opening up myself to feeling things I hadn't felt in a very, very long time. And that feeling of, of wonder and that feeling of magic and that feeling of really having this deep appreciation for, um, mother, what mother nature created for us. And, um, whether that be a river or, or, or a rainbow or, or anything, I also, fell deeply in love surprisingly out of the motherfucking blue um it caught me by surprise and it was incredibly beautiful and and magical just like this entire state was i was as high as i could possibly be and um things were just fucking awesome then came fall Typically, fall is a very hard and heavy and depressing uh, time for me. It has been for uh, as long as I can remember, decades. It's not seasonal depression uh, because I lived in Los Angeles. Like, there were no seasons. Um, it really um, has has a lot to do with, with family, with upbringing, with holidays that were painful and um, just you know, kind of collectively not my season, even though my birthday is in fall. It's just never um, been my season. And um, in the fall of 2018, I was hit with crippling depression, insanely high anxiety and feeling very isolated and very, very alone. Um, It was paralyzing. And it was dark, um, darker than it's been um, for uh, over 12 and a half years. And uh, um, one of the signs, one of many, there were many signs, but one of the signs of knowing that I had fallen into this incredibly deep and dark place is my eating disorder started to creep up in ways that I haven't seen since high school. And, you know, at that time, I was kind of like, okay, I've done the work. I've done all the work. Like, where the fuck is this coming from? I I don't understand. And, of course, through all of this, I was working with my therapist. But I was also isolated because I had chosen to move 14 hours drive away from my therapist, my energy healer, all my friends, all my family, my loved ones, my support system, my community. And there's a lesson in that that I'll share later. But it scared the fuck out of me. But it got worse because it got to the point that, um, you know, we talk about we talk about hitting bottom. And as winter came, 
Um, there was more depression. There was more fear. There was more isolation. And in winter came, um, and I actually shared this on the podcast um, in February of February of 2019, earlier this year, I was stuck in the Siskiyou Mountains in my car alone in a blizzard. And two weeks after that, I was stuck in my house in Oregon in a snowstorm. <laughs> and, um, you know, if that's not, if that's not like just so, I don't know, just the universe, like just trying to give me a message, trying to wake me up. But I was so deep, deep, deep in this depression that um, I just was in constant fear, constant fear, constant isolation. And, you know, a real, a real bottom came actually before those storms. And it was um, just before New Year's. And, um, and I haven't talked about this to many, very few people know this. And I'm sharing this because I, I, my commitment to all of you is always to be honest and to be honest with a purpose. And, and, you know, we always see the, the, the curated version of people and, um, whether it's businesses or, or people personally. And, and I, what I'm going to share with you is, is simply to illustrate that depression and suicidal thoughts happen you happen all the time with with certain people and you know so many times I hear people are like oh my god I'm shocked and it's like I, I want to erase the stigma as best I can in the role that I play in this world erase the stigma around mental health and show show not only the truth behind what people go through even like myself people like myself go through but but also that um, it does get better. It does get better. It does get better. My bottom, the real bottom, was um, I spent a couple days researching life insurance, the, um, the policies around um, life insurance if the person insured was to commit suicide. And this is really hard for me to talk about. Because I wanted to make sure that my family was taken care of. And if the policy of the life insurance um, would be able to take care of my family if I took my own life. And this is after 12 and a half years of treatment, therapy, and an insane amount of resources and love and community and support. Um. You just never know who is suffering. And I use this as a reminder of compassion. I use this as a reminder of being aware of the words that we choose, the impact they have on others, how we treat each other as human beings, how we act on social media, because you just never know. But that was my bottom and I like I did 12 and a half years ago for whatever reason that the universe call it the universe call it God call it Jesus call it spirit call it energy crystal whatever the fuck you want to call it I said no nope not 
no, I'm, I'm, I, my, I have a purpose and, and, and I found that purpose 12 and a half years ago. Last time I was considering ending my life and I am not going to let any situation, any condition, any disease, any person, any feeling. I'm not giving up. I'm just not. And so on New Year's Eve, I turned off my phone for 24 hours, literally turned it off. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I journaled until I couldn't journal anymore. And I cried and I screamed and I swore, I committed to myself that when I woke up on New Year's Day, shit was going to be fucking different. And that I was going to fight the good fight. And I was not ready to give up. Now, of course, then the snowstorms came. (laughs) Which actually looking back, looking back on both those hours I was stuck in the Siskiyou Mountains and the snowstorm that came after it, those were really, to me, those messages, the way I look at it now, those messages that said, you're stronger than you think. You're stronger than you think. And you are capable, you are capable of taking care of yourself. You are capable of getting through the most adverse conditions. And you also need love, you need support, you need community. You need to feel safe. And with that, I dove very deep into, in the spring, dove very deep into meditation, working with my energy healer, and working with um, a psychic astrologer. And of course, again, my therapist. And the message was, You need to move. You need to move towards the light. You need to move towards community. You need to move towards love. And that was the the decision I made to move to Portland, which was always my original destination when I had the dream of moving to Oregon. Well, the truth is I really want to live on the Oregon coast, but that that'll be later in life. That's later in life. But for right now, Portland, Portland was always the place for, for several reasons. Um, mostly because of, um, the fact that there's a international airport (laughs) and that's very, very important to me. And I fucking love Portland. So things were looking up and um, I got to Portland and within about a month of moving to Portland, my neck started hurting, (laughs) like hurting, hurting, like, like really ouch hurting. And um, I have been struggling since I moved to Oregon with healthcare, And that's also been very triggering for me. Um, so many triggers the last year, but the healthcare thing was really triggering for me because I have a lot of medical trauma 
um, dealing with doctors throughout my life. And also I come from a family of doctors, which means I come from privilege. And that privilege is I have always had the best medical care. And I also, I have always had access to to family and to advice and to support around all healthcare needs. Well, all of those um, healthcare providers in my family have died. And um, so having healthcare support has been very difficult for me. And in moving to Oregon, I was never able to find good doctors. And so my neck was pretty jacked up for quite a while to the point that my arm um, turned numb, my right entire right arm and hand turned numb to the point that I could barely use it. So all the highs of moving to Portland, I'm so excited. I'm finally where I'm meant to be. And then I become just feeling like once again, incapable and um, afraid in a different way, different kind of fear than I had felt the year before. But still fear nonetheless. I felt old and I've never felt old. I felt old and I felt um, incapable. And you know, you all know that when we hit these roadblocks, when we hit whatever they are to you, we all have different ones, um, it can really fuck with your head. And it began to really, really fuck with my head. I finally found an incredible chiropractor that recommended an x-ray. And when I got the x-ray results back, I just, I just broke down in tears. Uh, it was not good. It was not good at all. And basically, my vertebrae were, were just pretty much smushing each other. And um, other conditions that were dangerously close to compressing on my spine and all I can think of was I'm going to be paralyzed I'm going to lose my business I'm going to die <laughs> like it, it was it, it was a rough a, a rough rough moment and at the same time around the same time um, I found an incredible new doctor and I also had a friend that reached out to me about doing some nutrition work with her now, the one thing my chiropractor said, and this is such an incredibly important lesson. So many people talk about purpose and finding your why. Thank you, Simon Sinek, and all of those things. And, you know, health and, 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 and wellness has, has been difficult for me. I focused so much the last 12 and a half years on my mental health that I have really, really abandoned my physical health. And that... Um, when we think about physical health, when we think about depression and we think about the mental side of, of how physical and mental are connected, you, you can just imagine that it, it has not been healthy for me. And the chiropractor said, I can't do anything else for you. I need to refer you to a neurosurgeon. But what I can tell you is you can control your inflammation. And it's possible that by controlling your inflammation, you can help uh, your neck a lot. And I thought, okay, like I want to be able to use my arm. I want to be able to use my neck. I want to be able to walk. I have a lot more work to do on this planet. I'm still here. I didn't die last year. 
And again, once again, there's a reason. There's a reason I'm still here. And I need my body. I need it to work. I want to play in Oregon. I want to go on adventures. I want to walk the dogs. I want to walk in in the forest. And I, I want to do all of those things. And so I started this anti-inflammatory food journey. Now, again, because of my history of eating disorders, I cannot diet. I refuse because it's very dangerous and also very triggering. And um, I have to be very careful when it comes to my relationship with food um, and weight loss of any kind. Um, just for a little bit of context, if, if you if you have if you don't know anything about eating disorders or if you do, uh, I was as a young child weighed every morning. I wrote my weight down. Um, I was weighed every morning by a family member, but then as a teenager, I weighed myself every morning and recorded my weight on my calendar. I had anorexia in high school. I had bulimia on and off throughout my life and also um, bit just general binging and purging and overeating. So um, you can imagine that um, I'm not interested in anyone's diet and diet advice. And it's a good lesson for maybe you if you're into health and nutrition and you're so passionate about it and you think everyone should do it. I just want you to be mindful that your approach may not work for everybody and to be very mindful of how you talk to people about health, wellness, and um, body stuff. Okay, so this was not about weight loss. This was not about hot girl summer. This was not about any of those things, fitting into a cute outfit, whatever, even though I have a really cute wild thing jumpsuit that I really want to fit into. That's the only that's the only goals I have for that, for one piece of clothing. Shout out one thing. Okay. Anyways, anti-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory. So my job, the only thing I could do in this was to, to uh, make a decision if I wanted to use nutrition and food as medicine because that's all I had control over. I had no control over what the neurosurgeon would say. I had no control over the situation of my vertebrae. I have no control. It's done. Like it, it, it's already done. So the only thing I had control over is my choices. Hello, codependence. Um, this is a great lesson for those of you quote unquote control freaks. We only have control over ourselves, right? And in this case, I had control over the choices that I made around, am I going to try to heal myself as best I can through the food and supplements that I ingest? And I said yes, because I was scared fucking shitless. So I, um, based on the chiropractor's advice and my friend, my wellness coach friend, I set out on, it's actually day 39, as I'm recording this episode, day 39 of eating for uh, reduced inflammation. Now, there's a lot of know this, know that, know that, and I'm going to share that, but I don't want that to be the focus. What I want to be the focus is, and the biggest lesson in, in this for me, in this specific nutrition lesson for me was, and I, I know this, but this was for me, is that I am crystal clear 
of what creates inflammation in my body and what doesn't. I don't know what creates inflammation in your body and I don't even know if you have inflammation. But I have inflammation. I've always had inflammation. It's also connected to my depression. And certain foods and substances um, affect both inflammation and depression in me. And so, I, and I can't take antidepressant medicine. So this is kind of both a physical and mental gift I've given myself, which it's taken 53 years to finally make a commitment to do that. And I had to hit bottom and get scared shitless. And again, we, we all have different bottoms. We all have different situations. But for me, sugar is the, is, is the biggest, biggest um, problem for my inflammation and my mental wellness. And so I have cut out all processed sugar. And I've also cut out um, high sugar fruits, um, anything that has high sugar content. Um, so no processed sugar whatsoever and no processed foods that include sugar. And also natural sugar, very, very, very little natural sugar. The protein powder that I use has um, stevia in it. And I do eat all sorts of berries as well as apples. And that's it for the sugar. Uh, no gluten. And for me, I'm not, I'm not um, gluten. I'm not celiac. I'm not gluten intolerant. I'm not any of that. But gluten does create inflammation in my body. It always has. And so... Um, no gluten. I also am not eating dairy. Now, I'm not a big dairy eater. I only drink almond milk, uh, but I do love cheese every now and again, certain types of cheeses, and that also creates inflammation in my body, so I've cut that out as well. Um, so gluten, sugar, dairy. Gluten, sugar, dairy. What else? I think that's it. Okay, so so the big question is, well, what what am I what am I eating and what am I doing? Well, I am taking a lot of turmeric with black pepper supplements. I'm taking lots of fish oil um, and lots of bees. I have a prescription for a B12 injection. Bees have always helped me with um, anxiety. So again, I, I've shared that many times in anxiety podcasts and blog posts and, and stuff like that. You have to find what works for you. But the bees for me have helped a lot um, throughout the years. And I'm back, back on that a lot. Um, in terms of what I'm eating, I'm eating lots of vegetables. I'm eating sweet potatoes, brown rice. I'm eating hummus. I'm eating um, nuts like pumpkin seeds and cashews and almonds. I'm eating um, lean meats. I only, I don't eat red meat or any of the cute animals, but lean meats um, and a lot of protein shakes. Protein shakes with almond milk, with chia, uh, with um, berries. I am eating every three to four hours, which is what I've always done. That that has a lot to do with my anxiety and blood sugar levels. So that that is a big part of that that I've I've always kind of maintained. But instead of eating like chips and a candy bar and a piece of protein every three to four hours, I'm eating clean and I'm eating healthy and I'm I have removed the inflammation causing um, causing ingredients of my body. Uh, 
I'm happy to share more specifically, but I'm certainly not a nutrition or wellness coach. As you know, I'm not an expert at all. I'm just sharing my personal experience. I've been asked a lot if it's been difficult. No, not this time. It hasn't been difficult because this isn't, it's not a diet. It's not like a, um, a detox. It's none of those things. It's the way I have to eat in order to live, in order to work, in order to be able to walk, in order to not be in pain. And so, you know, is the pain strong enough for you to inspire you to find a purpose in making different choices for what goes in your body? Only you know that, right? And only you know the the the, the foods and the things that are um, helpful, that make you feel good, and the ones that make you feel like shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, this isn't about diet or weight loss. This is about, do you want to, is it helping you feel better or is it making you feel worse? And after such an incredibly dark, mentally, mentally dark year, and then to move to Portland and have this physical um, pain being added to the, to the mix, I just, that was it. That was the why. Why? That was why I was like, I can't not going to do this. I'm just not going to fucking do this. So what's happened? Well, what's happened is, is that my neck feels way better, even though it's still there. I can still feel a little the tingly sometimes and still feel a little bit of the stiffness. My neck is a hundred times better. Um, I saw the neurosurgeon a couple of weeks ago. And because of the anti-inflammation, um, the anti-inflammation lifestyle that I've adopted, the neurosurgeon said that um, he is not going to recommend surgery um, and that he recommended that I continue to do what I'm doing. And if things get worse to come back and see him, I'm also using a neck hammock, which I shared on the Passion Squared Insta stories a while back. Um, it was recommended by both the chiropractor and the neurosurgeon, but it's basically traction for your neck. So I'm doing the neck hammock and I'm doing the anti-inflammatory stuff. Now, as I'm recording this podcast, I just want you guys to just keep it at 100%. I do have a little numbness in my hand, but it's because my vertebrae are so jacked up. But without this anti-inflammatory journey, um, I would probably already have gotten cortisone injections and probably been in discussions with the neurosurgeon about surgery. That's how bad it is. Okay. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's 30 minutes of bringing us to this present moment, October 9th, 2019. Um, this year feels so different than last year. And I am so incredibly grateful once again that I made the decision to stay, that I made the decision to keep going, that I made the decision that I add value and I am worthy and that my time's not up yet. And, um, there are so many lessons that I have learned in my 53 now years. Um, <laughs> I want to share 
some of those, just some of the highlights with you. Um, and, you know, lessons and reminders. With the highest highs will almost always come the lowest lows. It's just not to be like morbid or not to be, it's not pessimistic. It's just the truth, right? Um, and it's okay. It's okay to feel that exhilarating joy. And it's super okay to feel that heavy, deep low. That's what makes things so precious and interesting and beautiful and deep and wise and textured. And um, I wouldn't, I, I would not trade that. Not, not, not any of it. Um, so yeah, the highs, with the highs come the lows. And there's many different ways we can look at that. And it's really about riding those waves and, um, and, and, and trying our best, our very best to keep the faith and to remember that it's temporary. It's so hard when we're in it. Guys, I know this. I know this. It's so hard, but it's temporary. The next lesson I learned, and I'm surprised that it took me so long to learn this one, but this one hit very, very hard last year. Isolation is dangerous. Isolation is dangerous even for mentally well people. But the choice that I made to isolate, to be uh, the choice that I made to move to a place that I was so, so deeply isolated um, was not a good choice for my mental wellness and for my safety. Do I have regrets? Fuck no. I don't regret anything. But it was a really good um, reminder and a good wake-up call for me. Okay. The next lesson, don't ever get too comfortable or arrogant thinking you can go it alone or that you are like the shit. This last year has been very humbling. <laughs> very humbling for me because I really felt like I had my shit together. Like, I know you guys can relate to that. Like, it's like we, we struggle and we struggle and we struggle and then we like start feeling like grounded and strong in our, 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 our space and our business or our life or our relationships or whatever. And then we get comfortable or we get arrogant. And, you know, I was feeling when I started really struggling uh, last fall and really had a massive breakdown. I mean, massive breakdown. Um, and I was talking to my therapist. I was pissed because I'm like, I've been fucking doing the work for 12 years. And how, how come this is, what's happening? Like, I didn't think I'd ever feel this way again. This, this dark. Like, come on. I was pissed. So I got too comfortable. I got too comfortable in believing that I had it all figured out in my mental wellness and got lazy around my recovery rituals and got lazy around my practice practices around recovery and yeah and hit a <laughs> hit a big wall. Okay. 
The next lesson is healing is a forever process. And there's so many layers. It's just such a good reminder. We, and the, you know, if we are on this path to enlightenment and empowerment, we're going to keep peeling back those layers. I don't care how Dalai Lama you fucking are. There's going to be another layer. There's going to be another layer. And I'm so grateful for those layers because those are where the gifts are. That's where the wisdom lies. Guys, it's so hurt. It hurt. It hurts so bad. It hurts so fucking bad. And then you're like, holy shit. Like, there's a lesson. Like, oh my gosh, I'm wiser. I'm stronger. I more deeply understand myself. I can be more present for, for humans, other humans. I can be more compassionate, empathetic, loving. I can be less judgmental, more accepting, whatever. There are so many layers. And guys, I did inpatient trauma work and a decade more of the work. It doesn't matter. There's more layers. There's always going to be more layers. The next lesson, and this these are all life and biz lessons, guys. Be strong with your vision, but flexible with your plans. My vision to move to Oregon, that never, that never changed, but the plans have changed continuously as I've tried try, have tried to find my place, find my center, find my grounding and find my home. Okay. So we can create all sorts of plans and you guys all know they can go to shit in a heartbeat. <clears throat> the next lesson and probably one of the most important ones is, and I have these discussions with people so often is remembering that most people won't reach out for help. And that means we have to pay attention and show up for the people we love anyways. That's why when we lose people to suicide or people come out and share their mental health journey or their journey with depression or, or addiction or whatever, people are like, oh my God, I'm so shocked or I had no idea or they had everything. Why would they do that? That's so selfish. All of those kind of um, general responses that you that we've seen forever, we see every day on the internet now. Um, it's hard to talk about our deepest, darkest fears. It's hard to trust people with our deepest, darkest fears, with our truths, with our secrets. There is still shame and a stigma so strong around mental wellness and mental health. And I mean, in 2007, when I entered treatment, the stigma was deep. And all these years later, you know, we can say that, you know, because we see more people talking about it, that um, the stigma has been reduced. But I, I don't see that. I, I see when people talk about mental health, if looking on Twitter or whatever, following a story, people are still so mean and so judgmental and so hurtful. And so if you wonder why people don't talk about it, those are some of the reasons why. Um, it's hard to admit weakness. It's hard to admit darkness. It scares people. And, um, and, and I understand that. I understand that very well. And I did talk about it with very few people, very, 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 very few people. 
um, because, you know, trust is, trust is precious. And, um, sometimes, especially in the age of the internet, we have this false sense of trust of strangers and this false sense of trust of individuals and relationships that we have. And we believe that people are there for us and have our best interest in mind and um, are, won't, won't judge us when we share something so deep or something so dark. And, and that's not always the case. And so I think that, you know, one of the things that I'll continue to fight for and one of the things that I will always talk about is how important compassion and empathy are when it comes to dealing with people that have struggles around mental health. I'm not an expert on it. I'm only a person that's experienced it. And I thought I had gotten it under control and I learned in the past 12 months it absolutely was not at all under control. And I'm just so fucking grateful that I have the privilege and the resources and the love and the support of family, of loved ones, of many of those in the Passion Squared community, of my clients and the clients of Passion Squared. Um, And in some cases, of strangers that have just carried me through these last 12 months. And I will never um, be able to put in words, and I know many of you can relate to this, I will never be able to put into eloquent words just how incredibly grateful I am for all the little angels and the little miracles and um, the moments that kept me going. (sighs) I know it's so hard when we're deep in it to believe that anything will change, to believe that anything will get better. And I hope that if you are listening to this, that you make a decision to hang on, to stay day to reach out even if it's to its even if it's to one stranger I want you all to know that you are not alone you are never ever alone and you have a gift and you're here for a reason and that is to share that gift and to capture and grab those moments of joy that are available to you. It's not going to be every day. It's not going to be every week. It may not be every month or quarter. And sometimes it may be a really fucking dark year. But I promise you, I promise you, if you hang on, and open yourself up to just a teeny bit of support and love and tap into a resource that you will find so much precious, 
rich love experiences, moments, and memories. So, there you have it. I am so grateful to be able to have this platform to share. I'm so grateful to all of you that have chosen to listen to this level 53 birthday episode. And um, if this is something that you want me to dive deeper into, if you want me to share even more specific lessons around mental wellness, my process, personal empowerment, which of course, as you know, all impact business, um, please let me know. You can find me at Passion Squared on Instagram. You can always email us at awesome at passionsquared.net. Again, guys, um, hang on, okay? Hang on. And I feel like the best way to close out this episode is with the quote that literally saved my life that I've that I have shared many times before that is um, tattooed on my left arm just in case I forget the quote. So here, here we go. This is a quote. It's a quote I discovered in 2007 in the book Codependent No More that I found at my treatment center called The Meadows in Wickenburg, Arizona. Shout out to rehab. Okay, here we go. Melody Beatty. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, and confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast a house into a home, and a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. As I was reading that quote, um, I decided that, because you guys know me, so there's actually um, two, uh, there's, okay, so that was the quote, my gratitude Uh, The gratitude quote that I discovered in 2007 that saved, literally saved my life. But I just decided as I was reading that, I want to share with you, it would just only make sense as we're talking about the last year, I want to share with you the quote that got me through the last 12 months. And if you're a Brene Brown fan, then you are familiar with this. If you've read any of Brene's books, particularly Daring Greatly, since this is the quote, it was one of the things that inspired Brene to write the book Daring Greatly, and it's called The Man in the Arena. It's by Theodore Roosevelt. This quote literally has kept me going these last 12 months. And you can call it the human in the arena also, the person in the arena. Here we go. So grateful for this quote and this message. It's not the critic who counts, not the man 
who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Stay in the arena, loves. I'm so incredibly grateful for you. Thank you for walking by my side in this journey. And thank you so much for all the love, support, and well wishes. I love you all so much. Have an awesome day.